Hello and welcome to the Event Hubs podcast. Before we get into it this week, we'd like to share that we're giving away $300 via either an Amazon or Steam gift card to our listeners. To enter, subscribe to this podcast on any podcasting service, follow Catalyst and I on Twitter, tweet at one of us with a screenshot showing that you've subbed as well as a quick note about what you enjoy most about our show, and then finally add the hashtag Event Hubs podcast. Please note that this is open to both new and already existing subscribers. The contest will run from June 12th to July 3rd, after which we'll announce a winner. This giveaway is restricted to participants in the United States only. Street Fighter V might not be as close to its end as we thought. We discuss the possibility and likelihood of a super update and what that might mean for the game's future. Also, Samurai Showdown is officially out and we're not exactly sure how to feel about it quite yet. Plus, CEO is just days away, Capcom updates their Pro Tour controller rules, we can't agree on whether or not Kami is still a problem, the newest King of Fighters reveal is giving us strange feelings that we don't know how to deal with, and we also play Fashion Police on this week's episode of the Event Hubs Podcast. Perfect! Alright, and welcome back to another episode of the Event Hubs Podcast. I am John Catalyst Gray, and with me as always is John Velociraptor Guerrero. Hey, how's it going? It's uh, it's Wednesday, and I'm making it, so it's a good week. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to personally dodge some sickness that's going around in my family right now. Uh, my wife and my daughter are sick, and uh, all the boys in the house are not sick. I don't know quite know what that means, um, but we are, we're trying to dodge a sickness here right before CEO, uh, right before a bunch of stuff going on. So, Does CEO have, uh, I don't know if everyone's aware of this or not, but most majors that are, are regular and, and big enough deal have a sickness name associated with them, like Evola, or I think there's like the SC SARS. But basically, people get sick when they go to majors because there's so many people there and so much of a lack of washing of hands, I think. Uh, yeah. But uh, I don't know if there's a CEO one. If there, there, there should be. I feel like there's an easy one for CEO. Yeah, we'll the, think about the it. The only one that's jumping out my head right now is like the CEO STD or something like that. And that would not be what we're talking about here. <laughs> we'll work on it. But anyway, we'll yeah. work on it for a while. We'll figure it out. <laughs> By the way, though, we highly encourage that you go to CEO. Don't worry about, you know getting sick or stds or anything like or that apparently bring some condoms if you're going to too so anyway. <laughs> all right to actually get into uh, other stuff here right off the bat there's a possibility of a new version of street fighter 5 and what we mean by that is like an upgraded version obviously you know we, we have arcade edition right now um how dare you yeah yeah i mean that's i'm apparently <laughs> we're setting the internet ablaze with this kind of stuff but um it, we're talking right now about a super street fighter 5 you know it could be called a million different things um, and to me, it actually makes some sense where the game is at right now and where, you know, the next generation consoles are at, like that there could have an upgrade. Um, but I'll say right off the bat that I, I you know, I proposed this idea to Dream King and John here, um, earlier in the week, um, and I'm actually less convinced of this than you guys are. Like, uh, I'm only feeling like, you know, an Evo announcement possibility is about a 30% range uh, for something about like this. But you guys felt like, I think, a little bit more adamant that, uh, maybe not adamant, but a little bit more confident, I should say, that, you know, the possibility is there. So I started the piece like with a sentence that had this number in it. And I was like, no, this is way too hot for what we're talking about. But I can say it here on the podcast just to give a general opinion of where I personally feel the possibility of a Street Fighter, a Super Street Fighter V is. And I would put it at 70%. Um, and that's after sitting and thinking on it for a while. It wouldn't be the end of the world or crazy if it doesn't happen. But reading the tea leaves... And looking at where Capcom is, looking at the timeline, just 
with where everything sets, to me, it's it's an Occam's razor kind of a thing where it, that seems to be the most simple answer to explain why things have been going the way they're going, uh, why Capcom has aligned itself in the uh, direction that it seems to have aligned itself. And there are plenty of little gaps that we can't quite see and that we have to fill in. That's all part of it for sure. But I do think that this is a very real possibility, mainly because of esports and because of how much time there apparently looks to be between the end of Street Fighter V or the, the conclusion of Street Fighter V, um, or I should rather say the beginning of Street Fighter VI or whatever it is that comes next. And we'll get into all that. But I'm just going to say right now, as it stands, 70%. Gotcha. And I, I think it very well could be coming here at Capcom Cup or Tokyo, Tokyo Game Show or somewhere else too, like, you know, the announcement about the update. I'm not necessarily, you know, 100% in, obviously, on it coming at Evo. Um, I actually would put the overall odds of us getting an updated version of the game, um, you know, Super Street Fighter Five around 50-50. Uh, it's just, we're not quite sure. I mean, Capcom is a little bit, you know, dicey on this. They don't always do extra upgrades of a game, and there might be, you know, quote-unquote, the final version of the game they put out there at the very end of its lifespan where here's all the dlc here's everything we've ever done for the game we're not going to touch it again it's called super street fighter 4 and it's coming in like 2021 right like right before you know whatever happens type thing so there, there's a lot of possibilities here um, my main thing is that i i you know for sure feel like more content is coming to the game i mean we know that but i feel like it will be more content than we maybe would have anticipated initially. And that would be like, we basically just expected a couple more characters. And it feels yes. like to me that there's more there than that at this point in time. Yes. And so to say super, and I'm, I'm comfortable saying super and, and what that entails, like a full update with maybe, uh, you know, balance and characters and maybe a new single player mode or something like that. And, uh, and even a new mechanic, some combination of all those things. Just reference back to when we jumped up to Arcade Edition as the most recent one and, and something along those lines. Um, but it could just be, you know, uh, five new characters and a balance update and they don't change the name of the game, something like that. The point is, I think that it's certainly going to be more than the two characters that I have felt was going to be the announcement this entire like last six months or it's been more and more that my expectations have become lower and lower or maybe it's just that my hype has become lower and lower. It's like, I don't care. I'm just going to play the game. Uh, I'll watch it for Capcom Pro Tour. I'm not going to concern myself with DLC stuff because there's no information and it's like, well, fine. When it comes, it comes. And I don't think it's going to be a huge thing. But like, like you said, as we talked earlier this week, it's really felt like, yeah, things are aligning for it to be a much bigger thing than my, I guess, my heart was telling me, my, was feeling. So that's where I stand. Right. And so we'll go ahead and get into this, the reasons why we think why. Um, but, you know, one of the first questions I'm sure our readers or listeners will have is that people are going to say, hey, you guys have been talking about Street Fighter Six quite a bit right now. Uh, how the heck does that align here? And my answer to that would be, Capcom is known to, let's just kind of say, hedge their bets a little bit in terms of making content that can work back and forth across a few titles. And we actually have, you know, very clear evidence of this with Street Fighter Cross Tekken, uh, namely Elena, Poison, Hugo, and Rolento. Um, they were actually ported over to Street Fighter 4. And I realized that was release content that they ported over, you know, to an existing game uh, along with a few stages. But the thing about it is porting characters over on this current generation of hardware and software isn't terribly hard and even with the next generation consoles those are, are supposed to be like very backwards compatible mm -hmm. you know they're the x8 
86 uh, architecture here, which is, you know, I could get very technical, but basically what it means is like porting over stuff is not terribly hard to do like it has been in the past. And so Capcom could have made stuff like content in mind and said, you know what, this could either go for a future Street Fighter title or this could go for the existing one, depending on what Microsoft and Sony end up doing. And mm. that's actually one of the big basis um, for my arguments here uh, about why Capcom did what they did, about why they did things differently. And, and I'll take us back here to uh, Capcom Cup 2018. Um, we got Kage and we got pretty much nothing. And and you you described it as like, you know, a, a single or like whatever. Like I said, it was a like double, a, yeah. It's Kage yeah. and a balance update. Yeah, there it is. And, and you were pretty disappointed with it. And I think that at that time, Capcom was waiting for both Microsoft and Sony to jump in and say something about what they planned on doing. And looking right at that time that it happened, um, you know, that's a, a you know, them in the middle in the middle of December before the holiday season has hit. Microsoft and Sony bank a lot of money on the holiday season every single year. The data they get from that, the information they get from that is I don't even know how priceless to them, but I know it's very, very, very important to their company. And, and right around January, they start releasing the, the figures publicly of how they performed in the holiday season. And if you're looking at releasing next generation hardware, you want to push stuff out to people, you want the data from your best time of year before you start making those big time decisions. Mm -hmm. So I think Capcom, of course, knows this. Capcom is one of the biggest you know, third-party companies around there. Both Sony and Microsoft have a heavy investment in, in seeing Capcom on their platforms and doing well on there, right? I mean, it's it's they're a big AAA company. You want them there, you know, making your games. Um, so I think Microsoft and Sony got the holiday information sales, and Capcom's like, oh boy, what do we do? You know, and we have to kind of wait to know, you know, if they're going to have next generation consoles here in like 2019 or 2020, 2021. When is when is this stuff coming, right? And so that left Capcom in a bit of a limbo where they had to decide what to do with Street Fighter V. And I think that's, again, why we got the doing things different commentary. So yeah, doing things differently was basically, um, in other words, we're going to play close to the vest here and we're going to sit and we're going to watch because we're not sure where we're going to go yet until Sony and Microsoft make their move. And then the, the two broad basic directions that Street Fighter and Capcom could go would be an update to five or really going in and starting on six to be ready for, I mean, I think the earliest would be 2021, like February, like we've said before. Mm -hmm. um, and, and as we might get into a little bit later though, especially if we're doing a super and maybe things are pushed back and there's not as much of a need for six, because I think a lot of the reason why we've been saying, well, when six is because we feel like, well, five is pittering out. And if mm -hmm. Super Street Fighter Five is coming, then it's not pittering out. It's just been going through a kind of like a, a, a lull period um, as far as the community understands it. But that happens. It's like, well, you got you want to keep it going for a year, maybe two. When Ultra came out, I think it came out, it was announced in 13, came out in 14. And uh, so it got to play through uh, the rest of 14. It was about a year and a half that Ultra saw competitive circuit play. So if, you know, a Super were to come out, I don't think it'd come out at Evo, maybe at the end of this year, beginning of next year, that gives right. it like a year in 2021. I mean, sorry, a year in 2020. I think that you could still push that to go for a whole other year in 2021 and let Super, or Street Fighter Six or whatever that will be come out in 2022. And, and if 2021 is the earliest that we're going to see Six as far as kind of what we're seeing here, there's no discomfort in the idea of pushing that back another year, giving Capcom another year to do stuff. Totally understandable. Totally makes sense. I think that might even be more likely. But you need to have something 
holding that space. Otherwise, you kind of start to have a vacuum between the hype of five and six. Exactly. And it would be more ideal to have Street Fighter 6 on next generation hardware. We've talked about that. Like, you know, Street Fighter 5 has been good. It hasn't been great. And, you know, Capcom is looking for another great release like Street Fighter 4 was, right? Um, But what is a heck of a lot better uh, than, you know, nothing is something. And that would be what Street Fighter 5 is right now. And it's it's just not ideal. But like, look, like you have a pro tour to run. You know, you have developers that are working on fighting games. You want to push out more content and have something going and i think that's where we're at and again it's not all bad right like street fighter 5 has sold over 3 million copies now dlc seems to be working very well for them uh i you and i have speculated back and forth like we wonder how well street fighter 5 does compared to street fighter 4 even though the sales are quite a bit less like they have so much more DLC and their system is based all the way around it and people are so much more accepting of DLC and whatnot in this era. We do wonder financially how well the game has kind of held up in that period. And and yeah. So Yeah, and I but I think that I'm only one person. I started with Street Fighter Four. I probably have bias. I'm I'm aware of that. But I will say that uh, during the Street Fighter Four era and even after Street Fighter V was revealed, was on the horizon. It still felt completely comfortable and motivated and um, like like we're I'm totally down to keep playing four, five, to the extent that I was thinking, okay, well, five comes out in February of next year, so now we're probably going to have two games to play. And that's how four felt. And I think the community felt that way too because everyone's like, is it going to be at Evo? It should be at Evo. When it wasn't, everyone was like, well, we're going to rally and, you know, get it you know in the side tournament or whatever um but people were still ready to play for a lot and they look forward to it now people are certainly playing five but i personally don't have the 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 drive to play five like that and i feel like that's more the general gist of things with five and so i don't think people are thinking about well when street fighter six comes out i'm going to play five and six simultaneously because i'm just having so much fun doing this i think they're thinking when Street Fighter Six comes out, we'll mass migrate to that, and it won't be a problem. It's not that they hate playing Five or anything like that, but I don't think the fervor for Five is there like it was for Four. Again, I'm one source, but that's what that's how I see it from myself yeah. and from my observations around me. That's pretty fair. I, I mean, you, Street Fighter Four was a. Um... It was kind of a, a, a phenomenon, kind of up and down. Mm-hmm. The nine million in sales and all that kind of stuff. It you know revitalized our fighting game community. That creates a lot of passion with it. I just don't see that being there for Street Fighter Five. Pretty much at any point, um, both you and I think the game has peaked. You know, and it, but it's just you know how long does it kind of hang on for, and what does it do at that point, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so going back just a little bit here in time, um, I think both companies with, with Microsoft and Sony saw this current hardware cycle doesn't need to be ended right away. And looking over their financial statements to people and whatnot, that's what they put out there publicly that, hey, you know, we're doing pretty well in this holiday season. Like, why, why kill it before it needs to be killed? Right. And, and, you know, consumers really don't like you putting out a product too quickly, especially, you know, you know, console hardware um, when the, the current generation is doing just fine. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and so that's what happened. Um, I think Microsoft, uh, obviously, we know that they, they have, you know, the Xbox Scarlet or whatever it's going to be called when it finally does come out, coming out in holiday 2020. Um, that's about a year and a half from now. But back in December, that was about two years away. That's a long time for Capcom to wait without having any kind of like major fighting game come out or be updated or do something like that, right? Mm -hmm. And we both look back at Capcom's uh, statements to investors um, and we think that having a break in the CPT would be a very bad idea. Capcom can't lie to their investors and say, hey, we're all in on esports and then like 
have this giant break in the Capcom Pro Tour. I guess they could, but man, that seems like really heavily against the statements they've put out there. They, they talk about doubling down again and again and again to their investors. And, and that t- tells me like, hey, we've got to do something with this. And that's where I go back to hedging their bets. Like if, you know, the, the next generation consoles were coming very soon, like, you know, a year away or, or whatever, I think we would have seen a Street Fighter Six a little sooner. Um, but now that they're further out, they're like, okay, well, let's, what can we do with Street Fighter Five, right? I think that a lot of the reason why we've been talking about Street Fighter Six, why we've naturally gravitated to that is because it's legitimately felt like the end of Street Fighter V because mm-hmm. it's been so ramped down compared to the way things have been done previously. Like th- this year, nothing has been technically done compared to the way things have been done. You know, it's just like the promise that we're going to do things differently. And, you know, we're still getting, like, I guess we'll call it minor DLC, you know, the stages and costumes and whatnot. But it's because the feeling of Street Fighter V is like, okay, well, we're probably on our like, like our last leg or last home stretch or something like that. If that's not the case, then the urgency for Street Fighter Six is not there. You know. Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned that because that actually coincides perfectly with, with this next point I was going to bring up. I think Capcom scrambled to get a plan together after they found out what Microsoft and Sony were doing. And the first impression that we got of that was actually in mid-February, um, which is quite a ways out from you know when Kage was revealed. Uh, you would think anyway, especially with how things were done before. And that was with Capcom UK community manager Matt Edwards saying... Um, all I'm going to say is the story of Street Fighter V is not finished. Uh, Edward said when responding to uh, Logan Sama, you know, mm-hmm. on, on Winter Stays On, right? And it was just because there's a bunch of people very upset about it. You know, this is like everyone's kind of wondering what's going to happen. And it wasn't actually until another full month later, uh, once again from Matt Edwards, and this was in March, where he said, uh, and, and this is... um. Logan Sama, again, he, he proposed this question to Matt Edwards and said, I'm sure that when the time comes, we will be excited to get what we get. And, and Matt Edwards replied, you definitely will. I can't wait till you see what we have in store. And to me, that like that large break in there, they could have had that communication from the start. And I, I think in this era, Capcom normally would have, but I think they were edging, or I should say hedging their bets so much that they really didn't know earlier than when these statements started to kind of trickle out, right? Mm-hmm. You know, Ono was in the hospital in February, you know, going through uh, some health issues. Um, There's a bunch of other stuff. I, I think they needed time to, to cobble together a plan. Um, and once again, Ono in March got in on Twitter and started to be more active and started to drop more hints um, just kind of like saying they were aware of what the community was asking for in terms of, you know, new characters and new things like that. And then a little bit later on, we started to get, you know, stuff like the August release date and all that kind of stuff. Um, so what I what you and I have actually heavy, heavily gone back to here is Matt Edwards' quotes mm-hmm. um, because he is very, very, very well plugged into our community. Uh, obviously, he does the Winter Stays On, you know, um, weekly sessions over there uh, in the UK, um, obviously works for Capcom. Um, he does a lot of the introduction, you know, videos you know, for the characters, and he's very clearly like playing this stuff and like it's not a random Joe saying you're going to be really excited about what we have, you know, in store here. And for both you and I, that kind of spoke to like, man, if like if we're going to be really excited about this, could you, could this just be like a couple characters? Because I, I know the fighting game community would be like happy about that, but like actually excited and energetic and like passionate about it like that doesn't quite add up to me but but how do you feel reading over yeah it? the edwards statements are um one of the big pillars that this idea of a super street fighter 5 stands on because of that the second quote there that I, i'm i'm what does he say i think that you're going to be very ex- i'm very excited 
to see how you react to it. Basically, it's going to be big is what he's saying. Um, and and if that's the case, then I think like one or two characters or something that we've seen before um, or we've been like kind of like ready for or expecting isn't going to, I guess, knock our socks off. And um, so but but here's the thing is Edwards talking with, you know, so you're right. Edwards is in the trenches with us. He knows how the community feels. He's just as much. Um, in there and experiencing it, but he's also Capcom, and he also knows at least some of this, the Capcom secrets, and, and he's working on that side. So he's a very interesting player in all of this. How much of what he was saying to Logan Sama put on the spot on a live stream where he knows he could potentially lose his job if he says the wrong thing um, is... And, but but then also so so that's like one side that's being pulled. The other side that's being pulled, the Spider Man and the Venom pulling each, you know Peter Parker. Uh, mm-hmm. The other side is well, I have to give these guys something. I I because I know similar to how I was talking about how Ono feels in his in his tweets to us, like please hang on, we're doing it. You know, like he knows how the community is feeling, and he knows that everyone is restless and expecting and kind of pissed off and and just like confused and all this stuff. And he's got to give you something. So how do you balance? those two things keep your job stay save face with the community is what he's saying there um just to like he's not getting in trouble with capcom and he's quelling the flames on the community side is it just giving too much to the community just to keep them satisfied and it's not exactly it's clickbait at that point right like it's just just here eat this and, and, and it'll be okay but this isn't really what you're getting that's the question that i have to kind of you know wrestle around with and i'm not saying that he's doing that because if I, if I thought that he was doing that, well, then that takes away a huge pillar of why I think the potential for Super Street Fighter V is there. But that's where I'm like, okay, how realistic is it that what he's saying is exactly is, is actually alluding to the magnitude of what we're getting? Right. And we don't have any reason to doubt his word, right? It's um, Again, he's very plugged into our community. What he's said in the past has held up. You know, um, he's uh, Trollno has earned his nickname that that hmm. nickname uh, very well. You know, through the years, like, hey, we never said it was Akuma. It was a like, freaking Akuma, dude. It was like literally Akuma. You knew it was Akuma, and you tried to mislead people. Well, I thought he um, was just having fun with people. I don't think he was actually yeah, trying to mislead there. But I mean, Ono it, has yeah. had many instances yeah. where he said things similar to that that were not as obviously like is not an obvious lie, and therefore it's yeah. not a joke. And it's like, okay, so so you're right. Yeah, I mean, I think he even said it with DiCaprio, like, no one had guessed her. And, like, a bunch of people had guessed her, right? And it was like, dude, right. you saw that. Like, I, it, it, it's just looking over Ono's history, there's a lot of that. But that is not the history of Matt Edwards, right? Like, I, from what I've seen and, you know, the past stuff we've done and researched through, it's like his stuff is held up. Like, he, I don't think he misleads people. So um, well, we'll see whatever this, whatever this reveal is, if it, we'll see if it's worth uh, or it lines up with what Matt Edwards says. We'll see if it, yeah. quote unquote, knocks our socks off. It's not what he said, but that's what I'm expecting. You said excited about it. Yeah, he said people would be very excited, to, um, like they'll really enjoy it type thing. I mean, mm-hmm. that literally could be characters. It could be more. Um, I, I think that this could come down, like what we're talking about, to a full-blown upgrade. Or it could just be an update that you download um, to the game where it's like, oh, yeah, we improved like the net code. We improved the mm-hmm. CFN, and we have a few more characters and stuff in there. And people should be pretty happy about that, right? Like, it may not necessarily be this giant, you know, Ultra Street Fighter Four upgrade we've talked about before. Um why we think that's a possibility is, again, what you mentioned, like that happened at EVO 2013. We got Elena, Rolento, Hugo, Poison there. Uh, DiCaprio was not revealed at that point in time. It was just announced at the EVO panel. And and there's a history of Capcom announcing a major update to Street Fighter at EVO. And it's very clear that that um, history plays 
excuse me, a big role at Capcom. Um, they are a creature of habit. They're well known for doing the same things over and over again. Just to give a little bit of evidence of that, like I'll give a positive way her, uh, first, and that is uh, we know a new Street Fighter is an inevitability at some point, right? This is a company who releases sequels to their games on the regular. Um, they have a big IP. They hit it again. They hit it in different ways, like it's Capcom doesn't have a big IP and just like, let it say dormant for a long time. Like let's say like a blizzard, you know, does our, like a, a valve company does like those are companies that, that will sometimes let their IPs just kind of like sit in the ether and not do anything with well, them. Then they do that with street fighter for almost 10 years. They did, they did, but they still came back to it. Um, you know, they, they uh, it's, it is a, this is a franchise that, that continually gets updated and it happens, but it's the exception, not the rule. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, we also know in terms of Capcom repeating history and doing a lot of things over again, they say, hey, we learn from our mistakes while repeating them continuously. Um, see the terrible launches of Marvel 3, Street Fighter Cross Tekken and Street Fighter 5. Uh, they made similar statements like, hey, we learn from our mistake, like of each one of those games. And they repeated the same mistake over and over and over again. And that's why I kind of go back to Capcom being a creature of habit and pretty predictable with this stuff. Um, again, there are exceptions, like you mentioned, but the rule with this company is generally they do the same things over and over again because it has worked for them in the past and that's what again why you and i think that the evo panel thing is like yeah that's a definite possibility we're not saying it's going to happen just that like yeah that is a that's something definitely to monitor because we know again an an announcement is coming in august that's the biggest you know announcement window uh um game convention type thing going on at that point um that's why it's looking likely well since i've started working at event hubs i've paid a lot more attention to capcom's habits um, in trying to predict and be ready and get out in front of stuff know when to expect things and especially with street fighter 5 there have been multiple times where i think okay it makes perfect sense based on past you know practices and whatnot we'll get a character reveal here we'll get something here and i have been surprised and disappointed usually um like i've been rashido music at the end of final round or whatever tournament that was enough times where i don't feel like there's a consistency i think that it happens sometimes but uh, i think the last capcom cup was a good example the previous Capcom Cup was the reveal of Arcade Edition, and it seemed like they were Capcom was having trouble, sh- like showcasing the new characters to people. Before that, they did it in silhouettes, um, and people were not happy. They wanted to know the identities of the new characters. Um, and then season two rolled around, and we we knew like that the characters were you know we saw the silhouettes again, but we didn't know, and they were all new and people weren't very happy about the way the presentation was there. Capcom gets to season three and does the arcade edition trailer and shows all the characters, how they're coming, Mm -hmm. gives us something. And it's like, okay, you figured it out. You've, you've, there was this problem and you figured it out. Now you're doing it correctly. Fast forward to um, Capcom cup this past year. And it was, like we said, it went from a home run or a grand slam to a double with, uh, you know, just a Kage and a balance patch and uh, hang out for a little bit. And then we'll see you in, in eight months. It's actually, it's going to be eight months, you know, if, if we get all the way to August without anything. Yeah. So, so um, yes, eventually things do repeat. But as far as trying to find a pattern and identify when they will repeat, I think that 
you see similar things happen, but they happen at sporadic times in the timeline as far as my perception of this as an event hub's you know journalist and, and, and trying to pay attention to these things. So um, yeah, I agree with you to an extent. And I think it's good to look back and see the examples of when this happened to say, look, there's potential here. There's possibility. Capcom has shown they're capable of doing this sort of thing here. But will they do it? I've just been bitten in the ass too many times to 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 really put all my eggs in a basket like that. So that's why I'm like 70%. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> yeah. That's why uh, you're yeah. never getting more than 70% out of me when it comes to predicting a Capcom thing. Yeah, and that's very fair. It's Again, trying to nail down the stuff to like an exact date, time, and exact content and all that is really hard, if not impossible. It's just, this is general impressions that we get from doing this for, you know, being one so close to the situation, having a bit of inside information. You and I both talk to people behind the scenes and, you know, we... we have some information we can't always put out there publicly. Um, and then also, you know, a, a good bit of reading the tea leaves here and, and you know, putting pieces together as best we can. But mm-hmm. um, to put a bow on this here, given the context of everything, I think it makes some sense for Capcom to stick with Street Fighter V a bit longer than we initially anticipated, right? And, and this really comes down to the new hardware, uh, as we've talked about before. Um, I think a Street Fighter V, a Super Street Fighter V update is one way this could take form. Um, given the things we've discussed, it makes some sense, but it's also like, yeah, we don't know. Right. Um, yeah. And I started here saying, like, you know, the odds are about 30%. We'll see an announcement at Evo. I'm sticking to this for now. I, I'm not really getting my hopes up too high. That said, um, in my opinion, the odds of seeing increased content from what we we initially expected are probably around 70 to 80% right now that we're going to see like a longer lifespan for Street Fighter V than we initially anticipated. And that would be out beyond 2019. You know, because that's, that's when Capcom promised support for this game. It was like, hey, we're going to do it up through 2019. We're going to do stuff. Like, I kind of see the game going on a bit longer now, just given all the stuff that we've talked about. Well, um, it's the only esports title right now. And, I mean, we've said this before, but it's it's relevant. It's, it's a huge it, – this is the foundation of this all to me, of this idea of a super upgrade and keeping Street Fighter V along longer uh, – alive longer is – Esports and like you don't you talk conservatively when you're making promises on your investor relations reports, right? Because if you screw up on those and you mislead your investors, you're in a world of hurt. So you got to be damn sure you're not doing like, well, I never said it was Akuma on that stuff, right? (laughs) And and so when they say they they made a statement along the lines of we're going five, ten, even twenty years with esports and we're doubling, redoubling on our efforts and it's a big thing. It's like great. And it won't only be Street Fighter V for forever, but it it is right now. And it's going to take some time to be able to build up another game because maybe you have another esports title in mind. Let's call it Shmarvel vs. Smapshmom Schmimfinite, okay? And it's going to come out and it's going to be the new thing, but then it doesn't work out. You, if, if you're going this hard into esports, you have to have that new game come out. It has to work. You have to be sure. And then you can jump off to that next uh, you know that that next platform and use that. But you, right now, all they have is Street Fighter Five, and they haven't built up anything else yet. So I don't see them departing. They, they're they're there's nothing else that they can go to at this time, as far as I can see. So you have to do something. And and I don't think that their plan is to keep Street Fighter Five as it exists right now as the thing going for another year or two. But you give it a super update. Then it fits the bill. Then it's the, the it's the machine that can go into the jungle that's in front of us right now that Capcom has set up. The expectations of it's going to be esports. It's going to be big. We're going to keep going. Well, 
uh, what you have in front of you doesn't feel like it can keep going and you've had six to eight months now of, of nothing. Well, what have you been doing in those six to eight months? Maybe you've been building a bigger and better machine. We're going to update to that. And it's going to take us into the next year or two into this jungle to which, you know, after which point you can go, okay, now we've got a new game. Now we've got Street Fighter six, whatever it is. And then we can continue from there. But with where we are now and what's in front of us as set up by Capcom, I don't see many other alternatives. Yeah. And it's, I hate to say it this way because Street Fighter V, I love the damn game. I wish I could play it even more than I do right now. Um, but uh, the phrase that's coming to mind is, is Street Fighter V is a heck of a lot better than nothing. And it fits, you know, so much of what we've talked about here. And there it is. Uh, you know, so, I, I have to share this with the uh, with the internet because uh, just, the other day I um, turned on Street Fighter V, beep, on the PS4. And normally... It's, um, <laughs> I've already had that game going, right? And so when it pops up, all I have to do is connect to the, uh, to, to the servers and I'm good. So it takes like three seconds and then I can start searching for a match. But I had done something, I think I was playing Overcooked 2. So then Street Fighter V was down and I had to boot up the game. That was enough as I sat there thinking about it. I just, as soon as it was ready, I just put the, X, or the PS4 back to sleep, beep, and uh, went and did something else because I didn't want to wait <laughs> for the whole thing to boot up. And it's, it's one, it's like, yeah, it takes too long to boot up. But the bigger thing is, uh, like, Heroes of the Storm takes way longer than that to boot up, and I still wait, you know? Um, so it's just like, it's, it just wasn't worth it in that, in that moment. But I think that's kind of the story for a lot of people. So yeah. Yeah. Waiting 10 or 20 seconds is just not worth it. Sorry, no. Capcom and we're done. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so getting into something that really is going to happen here, we know for sure. And that is CEO 2019. Um, this is going to be a monster event. Um, pretty much all of the top names in the fighting game community are going to be there. This is a premier event for street fighter five for Tekken and for mortal Kombat 11 plus a ranking event for Dragon Ball Fighters. So this is hands down one of the best tournaments of the year. It is a can't miss event. Uh, avoid the STDs while you're there. But besides that, <laughs> um, uh, we're, we actually do um, a pizza contest uh, where we we bet on the top eight matches for Street Fighter Five, and like you know we just we don't have to put anything in, but like whoever gets you know the, the matches correctly, like predicting the the winner and then the score, um, like that you know they win a pizza. I've actually won the last two times that we've done this, so I'm throwing down the gauntlet for all the Event Hub staff here and kind of you know shouting my my name out. And if we can get John off of Heroes of the Storm and actually watching the top eight this time, like I think he might have a chance. But, I don't work Sundays and I'm usually doing something else. So I might pop in or I might pop in and, and like also I'm freaking terrible at this, which I, and I haven't traditionally been freaking terrible because most of the time, like at, at Evo top eights, I'd go and watch and I'd, I'd make it interesting by betting bison bucks, uh, you know, that I bring with me bison bucks to uh, mm -hmm. Uh, with other people and I remember taking a whole bunch of Samurai's money uh, one of the Evos I think it was 2014 anyways um, normally I'm really good at predicting this I have not won a single pizza bet since I started working at event hubs uh, with with against the rest of the team and I'm amazed so yeah I, I never win these things anyways sometimes I'll like lose the first three matches and go like well GG's I'm not gonna win this thing I'm, I'm just I'm, you know and, and forget about it and go do something else but uh, CEO 2019 is the event where that turns around. We're breaking the streak. I'm going to win. All right. So, I mean, are you going to uninstall like Heroes of the Storm or, or what are you going to do there? Like I'm going to, no, no. And I'm also going to research because I'm going to look around and see who has the best, most pineapple-y pizza I can possibly find and then get it. And I'm going to send you guys all individual pictures of slices, of different slices of it when I win. 
Okay, there it is. So <laughs> anyway, but we're very much looking forward to CEO. Uh, you should definitely tune in. Jabaley is one of the best in the business at running events. Um, go out there and, and attend it if you can. If not, watch it from home. Um, it is terrific every single year. It's not good. It is terrific. Um, yes. Hands down, one of the best events in our community. Um, but uh, speaking of another event here, we had Tiger Uppercut here this last weekend. Uh, Fudo got second place because that's what he does. Uh, I He was having such a great run. I literally thought he was going to win it and take it home. And then he fudoed himself. I don't know how else to, to describe this, but one of the things I saw that that while he was playing is that that birdie players are really migrating away from V Trigger One now, uh, or, or to V Trigger One, I should say, away from V Trigger Two, which was you know again the hotness. We've talked about it before, but I'm continuing to see it now. Like I think V Trigger Two usage was probably around seventy to eighty percent with birdie players, and now I'm seeing it maybe. 20% or 10% of the time and it seems to be fading even quicker and it's just mind-blowing to me because we've talked about that thing being too powerful uh, we've talked about a bunch of other things um, Fudo now is actually starting to play Mika a good bit more than Birdie not a lot not a lot but a bit more like hey you know it's it's noticeable how much more he's starting to play Mika and it's just it's so interesting how things are getting you know shaken up like like constantly in fighting games, right? Like, a Birdie's the best character in the game. V-Trigger 2 is too good. Japan keeps saying that for sure. Japan fears Birdie. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, but I mean, I wonder now how much they're not fearing him because, you know, I'm looking through the stats and it's like, there's not a lot of Birdie players at Tiger Uppercut. You know, there, there's a handful of them. And, you know, and then we, of course, have uh, Oil King winning the entire tournament with Rashid doing multiple EXDPs on freaking Fudo. Like, I think he did maybe about 10 of them in grand finals, maybe more, maybe like 12 or, or, or 15 or it was a lot. And I think he landed about 90% of them on the reads. And it was just ridiculous how inside of Fudo's head he was. Um, and, uh, and yeah, it's, it's kind of a crazy time right now in this game in terms of, of what you're seeing. Uh, we've got now man who's playing Sakura. He's doing very well. He got fifth place overall. He has been uh, placing in the, you know, pretty good results in like the last four tournaments he's attended with Sakura and infiltrations online saying, hey, Sakura is really good. I'm going to start picking up this character and playing her and learning her. Like when you're starting to see more of that, like this is a character that, that, has flown beneath the radar for the longest time. A lot of people who play her have written her off. Like the game is in a very interesting spot is kind of where I'm getting at with this. Okay, that that was a lot. I'm trying to think of uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. how I want to go back to Birdie first of all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so do you, do you have a personal opinion or reaction to his, why people would be migrating over to V-Trigger 1 again? Uh, it's, it, the thing about Street Fighter Five is the ability to activate and be plus on block and in a great situation is really hard to go away from. It, it, it is a good basis for almost every character in this game to get some kind of stupid or great mix-up on you. Um, and V-Trigger 2 very much mitigates that. Like, it's possible to do it, but you're unsafe on block a lot of times. Um, it's just not very good at that. So despite the fact that it's two bars and whatnot, you're you're not getting that that classic Street Fighter Five mix-up. And I think that's why a lot of people have gone away from it. I uh, I agree with that. It's it's a huge thing that you almost take for granted when you see birdie and you hear the commentators talk about that and they go, yeah, that's super not safe. Or when uh, the other the other big example was Falk. I think her V trigger too, where she you know mm -hmm. like does like the Luke Skywalker pose and puts her lightsaber up in the air and that's like minus four thousand. Mm -hmm. um, that was very weird, right? Because almost nobody's like that. Even if you're far away, I mean, you just do a normal into V trigger cancel and you're plus twenty eight or something like that. So. 
So yes, that's a huge part of it. I think the other big part of it though is when you see birdie players go into um, you know the rush and then into the chain cancel the like low chain so many people went to take their punish there and then get hit by the chain into a combo into oki or something along those lines but naturally that that's people are going to figure that out they're going to go okay well i've been hit by this 14 times now i'm going to start blocking low after that situation they do and you only get so many uses with that v trigger and then it's done right and so i think that there was a big part of why v trigger 2 became so um, oppressive or so efficient i should say is because it was it was getting away with a lot of gimmick situations and those are especially in the pro realm much less you know that happens once or twice and then like bond chan's not getting hit by that crap anymore right so i think that that's a significant contributor if there is a indeed a decline in the use of v trigger 2 i think that would be a big part of it and yeah I, i'm but like we've always felt like birdie's sure he's fine he's pretty good maybe he's even better but top tier like i'm having a hard time seeing it with you know the capabilities of a couple of these other kind of characters so um i guess this all kind of makes sense to me and uh but i but i mean you know, i'm also not writing birdie off either by any means i think he's he's easily a top 10 character with the kind of things that he can do with his footsies ability with his damage output with his anti-air into mix-ups it's like mm-hmm. yeah he's got the tools to get it done it's just that i think that he was gimmicking his way along because he basically turned into not a whole new character but a whole new like level of this character people had to figure out how do you deal with v trigger 2 they're doing that now and you're seeing his efficiency efficiency drop is what I think is, is is what we're going through right now. Yeah, I mean, looking at the usage here from Tiger Uppercut, like uh, Fudo, um, there was one other birdie player um, besides Fudo playing him, Fudo playing him as an alt. So like, you know, his usage is completely unremarkable, right? Um, but then we have, you know, characters up there. Rashid is number one with five, of course, because, you know, it's usually either Rashid or This is or the Dima. top how many? Uh, top 32. Top 32. Uh, in five Rashids so, in top 32? Five, five of them, yeah. <laughs> and then we've got Bison at three. I'm skipping a character, but I'm going to go back to her here in a second. Um, but, uh, you know, and it's so Birdie... Shammy. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, uh, it's... Looking over the usage, like, it's consistently, like, Birdie's not usually special. Like, you go to Europe, and maybe that's, like, the one spot where you see Birdie quite a bit, right? But, like, everywhere else, it's like, yeah, you, you see him here and there, and it's just, it, it still blows my mind how many people think he's, like, super good. And I just, I, I don't see it, but, uh, yeah. I mean, we keep trying to unpack why we see that, right? Like, why, why, why are people so hung up on this character? And I think you and I have personally labbed him quite a bit. Yes. Because we've had so many discussions about him. I think that maybe we maybe under, underrate the character just a bit because of how much time we've put in against him. So Yeah, I think he's a scrub killer too. There's a bit mm-hmm. and, and, and he's an interesting scrub killer. I think Bison's a scrub killer too, and I think Bison's an even um, a stronger example. But as far as Birdie goes, his reach is is counterintuitive if you've played fighting games before. If you're that big, you're not supposed to be able to reach that far with your normals, right? And he he does, and so that's kind of weird and it takes some direct intent. Uh, and uh, ad- right, attention, coffee. yeah, uh, Abigail, <coughs> Abigail, right, uh, right, right, right. Yeah, and no, that was but, a yeah. thing too. But Birdie's even faster than Abigail, right? Like yeah. Birdie's moves come out there real quick, and so like if you're trying to play footsies with him, hot damn, like you're like I shouldn't have to worry about uh, how fast this character's moves are, for instance. And then he's got plenty of other situations where he steamrolls you with his offense, where it's like command grab versus if you try to jump away, things like that. 
add in things like where you know he does his ex bullhead or whatever and he's minus five but not close enough to punish there are a lot of individual things that if you're just playing by instinct you're you're going to get hit there a lot and you you have to switch over to um, direct focus on these things go like well it, it reaches this far so actually even though i feel like i should stand this close to birdie the actual appropriate distance to stand is a bit farther back than that and when you're there and you've actually paid attention to how far for instance his normals reach you can start to play footsies with him at the appropriate ranges you can start to punish him at the appropriate times but it takes intent and so uh once people start doing that the character falls but um, a lot of people don't do that and that's why i say scrub killer because people uh, you know on the lower levels are not going to be as quick to adapt so that might be another big contributing factor to all of this there it is. So one of the debates that we've had behind the scenes here, uh, and John and I particularly going back and forth on this one, is Cammy. Uh, <laughs> I think she needs to be um, knocked down another peg or two, right? And so uh, whenever I see something on the website that like, you know, now I've just started doing this that like backs up my point. Of course, I'm sharing the link with John. I'm like, hey, I don't know if you've seen this or not, but here it is. And <laughs> at Tiger Uppercut, Cammy was the second most popular character. There were actually five people using her just like Rashid, but one of them happened to be, you know, having her as an alt, right? Um, and so I'm wondering here, uh, um, I want to have you defend yourself. I want to put you on blast here just yes. a little bit and say, like, why are you okay with Cammy, how she currently exists? A lot of my assessment of why I'm okay or not okay with certain characters very much comes from my experiences playing against them and watching other people play them. But I, I well, duh, right? But I think it's more, I guess to be more precise here, it's, um, my emotional reaction as I, you know, watch and consume this character. And Cammy certainly has been at the point before where you feel like she has too many options. Uh, she keeps you juggling just just by her her potential that she can go up in the air and come down at all of these different angles and speeds or not. And um, and the punishment for trying to anti-air is is a crush counter, like, you know, even when you're correct, but she's she's cut her jump short, things like that. Um, I've had a lot of issue with her up close and personal rushdown game um, with the combination of her ability to get up into your face so easily, even if it's just that you have to block because you can't trust that you're going to anti-air her. Um, the combination of all of that previously was too much and i think that kind of gets into why you feel like she still is too strong is because you feel like she still is able to get there and that when she's up in your face she has too many moves that keep her close and positive and um, allow her to maul you or just give her so many chances yeah. relative to other characters in the game to open you up um, and, and, and her the, mobility, yeah. The, the ease of use of her. Like, she's just, like, the easiest character to use maybe in the entire game for how good she is. Um, I think she has one of the lowest execution barriers in the game. Um, and it's like, you have a character that's that good be that strong. Like, she gets into the oppressive territory that you and I have talked about quite a bit. Yeah, she is certainly like an annoying hornet. I would I would upgrade her from a bee to a hornet because she just <laughs> flies in on you and then just goes to town. But... Well, I, I took her into the training room to kind of explore some of these things. And, and to get more specific about this, I, the reason why we were talking about her uh, with, with this idea that she's too strong is because it feels like she has one too many moves up in your face where she's at like positive frame data and can continue to put on pressure. But actually exploring it, um, she's 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 got a handful, but not really more than most other characters, at least most other rushdown characters. Um, and there are gaps that, again, people have to be 
uh, intently aware of. I think she's another example, um, this time up in your face, as opposed to Birdie playing footsies. This is Cammy rushed down up in your face where you do have openings, but you have to be the only way you would know that. It doesn't look like there might be an opening there. It doesn't look like you could probably press a button here, but you actually can, but you have to know that that's the situation. Um, and then the, the next level of that is there are a lot of situations where frame wise, you actually can't push a button, but because of that, she goes for something where you can press a button and you have to know when those kind of um, basically those 50 50s are so that you can at least play the 50 50 game. And that closes that gap a little bit for everyone. It's very similar to how you have to approach Bison who has a similar rushdown. And I think he's the most pronounced example, right? Cause he's doing something like a psycho ax, which puts him uh, or I'm sorry, the devil dick, <laughs> which puts him at a uh, uh, like extreme advantage. So you're like, well, I can't press a button now because if he presses a medium or something, I'm completely screwed. It's a frame trap. But then the bison players will often just do another one of those and bring themselves back closer to you and reset that situation while taking chip and maybe even hitting you who knows but they take liberties because they know you're scared because you don't know the frame data and i think cammy benefits a lot from that as well now cammy's great no hold on hold on hold on a second yeah cammy's frame data is easy she's plus two on everything or plus three <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's well like hard. her standing light kick for example that was one of the things we put under the magnifying glass because it's plus one and the pushback is very minimal Right. So she does standing light kick plus one, and then she gets to go into a few more things. And um, I forget what the combination is right now, but starting with standing light kick, because the pushback is so small, she can do a couple of things where uh, we thought, and first look, we were watching Xiao Hai versus uh, 801 Strider, and Xiao Hai does what looks like a five button block string, where it's not all block string, but like it's frame traps, where basically it looks as though uh, Gustavo has to hold five different buttons, and if he presses a button at any time in between those he gets counter hit and then cammy goes in and does her thing but the reality of it was it's like two or three and then there was there is opportunity for you to interrupt if you use the right thing um, which is the case with a lot of others but it looks like that and she's so fast and and you're you're right like i think she looks a little bit better and a little bit scarier than she actually is but it requires that you go into training mode and you really dig down and find out those those gaps and such it's not to say that cammy's not an amazing character she's still in uh top 10 i would say but i don't think that she needs to be um regulated down any further yeah and my my changes with her are just like increase some of the pushback on her normal so she has to think a little bit more about what normal she's hitting right she she pushes you out just a little faster and that's where we you know we've differed on so we, we've gone back and forth about this and and i'm actually having more of a fun time just like debating it with john than i am actually like seeing some <laughs> kind of like outcome go uh, and that's what we do here behind the scenes like we're, we're talking about this stuff in terms of is this a good change, you know, to make or not in this game? And it's something we need to be thinking about constantly as a community. Um, you know, doing some research from the other stories we've done, like Ultra Street Fighter Four. When Capcom was putting that together, I think they had twenty thousand user comments come in um, about like you know different changes to make. And I think they took like five characters at a time and said like you know here's Bison, you know Dudley, and a bunch of other people, and like what does the community think about them? You know, then they moved on to the next ones and. 
Ultra Street Fighter 4 ended up as one of the best balanced fighting games uh, from Capcom, like, ever. Like, in terms of the Street Fighter 4 series, I, we, we um, ran a poll on our website, um, and, you know, we, we asked people, like, what their favorite version balance-wise was in Ultra Street Fighter 4 won, like, hands down. I think it was double, um, you know, the winner over anyone else, right? Um because those DJ players didn't vote, did they? <laughs> well, that's, that's probably the case, yeah. Uh, but anyway, um, uh, it does go to show that the community has a lot of collective knowledge. But, you know, sorting through, imagine sorting through 20,000 user comments trying to find, like, where the gold is versus, like, where the, I think uh, uh, Combofin talked about it at the time. Like, people wanted, like, a win button, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so we're constantly trying to have these discussions behind the scenes and try to figure out like how to separate the the fact and the fiction. Right. Um, and it's just, it's an interesting process. We're trying to get better at it. Um, this discussion here that you guys are hearing about is Cami is definitely a part of that. Um, and it's, it, it's very interesting. And so I'm, I'm trying to learn and, you know, tease the guys a little bit along the way. Cause I, I like to tease people, but, um, um, but well, anyway, so, so uh, I, I, well, I want to, I want to kind of get a, a clearer picture of this from, from your point of view though. I want to know, um, so do you see Cammy as she exists right now as taking away the, um, well, the purpose of the game? That's why we would probably want to nerf or balance people or buff, you know, 100%. because they're not. Yeah. You think that she's taking away from the fun, the purpose, the, the back and forth skill? 120%, no doubt in my mind that she is a negative comp- contribution to the game as she exists right now. 100%. And that is based strictly on the fact that she is too oppressive of a character for what for what she can do and how easy it is to do it she negates a lot of other characters in the game based on that fact alone and yeah, I, mm-hmm. go ahead oh well when you have a character that's that easy mode it's like okay well yeah i can go learn some other character but why don't i just go play cammy you know and, and that is a very valid and, and good excuse and and when you have a character that's that easy mode in the game you have to dial them back you have to say you know what yeah we do have characters that are easier to play in this game like Ryu is traditionally considered one of the easier characters to play in fighting games um, uh, at least the Street Fighter series I should say and Capcom rarely makes him a top tier character because of that reason and when they do we see what happens in Street Fighter Cross Tekken or what happened in season one of Street Fighter 5 a lot of people play the character um, because why would I go learn someone else when I can just play easy mode Ryu and go have, you know, do whatever type stuff, right? So if Cami is still has all the abilities that she has right now, but they're somehow made harder to do so that, you know, they take more practice and not everyone can just pick her up and then in two minutes be able to do what they're doing. Would that be an appropriate balance to her? Or is it the fact that she's able to do the things that she's able to do is what makes her a problem innately? So in theory, like what you're suggesting makes sense, like make Cammy harder to play, right? But at that point in time, you're actually kind of reinventing what the character is. And we've established what Cammy, excuse me, what Cammy is in Street Fighter V. And, and she is who she is at this point. And I think you have to dial back her overall power instead of trying to dramatically increase like her execution required, right? It, it's... <laughs> Characters kind of are what they are after, you know, they've been in a game for this long. And and it, it's, it's great on paper, or it might sound great, but it's like you can't hurt all the Kami loyalists and the people who, you know, stick with the character because they want an easy mode character. It's like, there's no problem with that. Like, you need to have those type of fighters in fighting games. Um, not everyone should be a Monat or a Dudley or whatever, you know, like this massive execution character. It, it doesn't work well that way to have those, you know, a lack of variety. Where, where you have a problem again is just like when those characters are so oppressive to the other cast members. Right, and and I agree. That's that's this is more of just like a fantasy. Like I'm not saying we should. I'm just saying, 
um, I'm not saying this is like, like the direction that Capcom should go, is like figure out just how to make her harder to play, but keep give her everything. But I'm just saying like in this hypothetical, if you were able to just flip a switch and somehow, I don't know how, but Cammy became harder to play, but she still had all the same capabilities right now, would that fix the issue that you feel like she presents? Uh, I mean, sure, I, it, it would. Um, I mean, uh, and again, the way I propose it is just make her moves push back a little further. And it just makes Cammy players have to be a little bit more calculated with what they do, which does increase her, you know, execution execution requirements a little bit because when you have to be more calculated and you just can't throw stuff out willy-nilly that's you know that that increases execution right you have to mm-hmm. be more calculated with that like you know that's that's how it works so i mean that's how i would do it but in your scenario that works as well yeah and i and i don't i don't hate that idea if that happened if cammy was it had a or if she had a little more pushback on her moves i think that would be appropriate because of how easy it is for her to get in her mm-hmm. walk speed and her air bs is just it's amazing and so yeah that that would be fine i just think that uh that there are more pressing matters perhaps like Mm -hmm. with other characters and whatnot um and cammy as she exists right now she just went you know was kind of put through the ringer once and um and i think that it i'm also thinking like well if we only get like a few changes like these are what i want and she doesn't really rank up there with those but i do agree that um, more pushback on her moves. I, I mean, I'd be fine with that. I don't play the character, uh, but you might piss some Cami players off. I don't know. Yeah, I like how you said Cami was put through the ringer once because every time before that they kept buffing. Her yeah, they just buff her up. <laughs> that's like, what are you doing? But it, we actually will talk about a character that's put through the ringer and got a very interesting change here of all things, and that's Vega in version four point oh six zero of Street Fighter Five. Basically, the one that just came out here. Um, you know, that added it, uh, the you know reuse stage at night and a few other things. Vega actually got a change to his crouching uh, heavy punch claw, and he can now cancel it like through his you know switch move where he spins around and takes a claw off and whatnot, um, where he can actually do it now from the third active frame, and I believe before it was like it could only go from like the first or second or something like that, which actually gives Vega a little bit more opportunity to set some stuff up, and. I'm hesitant to call Vega like a much better character if he gets probably like a bunch of more stuff like and so I don't know if this is going to make a huge impact for him but it is interesting that Capcom continues to tweak the game a little bit behind the scenes sometimes with these patches and and maybe give you a little bit more quality of life if you play Vega like because you need it if you play Vega you badly need whatever you can get Um, but this is interesting to me. You know what's funny also is that I, I we didn't know this was necessarily the case, but most people probably didn't. The other change to Vega, the, the these are listed under I think like bugs, like bug fixes. That's how mm-hmm. they're viewed. His tech when he teched a regular throw, oh. either forward or back, he was left closer. So like the gap between characters when Vega was involved was smaller than everybody else. Which I mean, if you think about it, Vega does he have a three frame off the top? Of my yeah, head he does. He has standing okay. like it. Yeah, I standing like yeah. Yeah, uh, but but most of the time Vega is much more about hanging out just outside your range and poking you, and then you know getting in and doing a thing. But if you're both at neutral, I don't think Vega really wants to be that close, right? So no. it's just one more little thing that <laughs> Vega's uh. left a little closer to you that he wants to be, um, which is funny. But hey, they fixed that, and yeah. uh, and hey, they fixed another bug where he couldn't cancel as early as he was supposed to be able to. So now he's probably the best character in the game. So yeah. it's a good day for Vega players. <laughs> yeah, best character at being the worst. But anyway, uh, moving along, <laughs> Samurai Showdown now is out uh you are hearing mixed signals about you know kind of the reception of the game like what are you hearing okay so samurai showdown it's been it's been a while right it's been like 10 years since the last time they they dropped one of these things Uh, and or or maybe 20 i don't know it's it's been a it's been a million years since the last time a samurai showdown came out and uh it's been something if you've been in the fighting game community you're aware of but you might not have played and that's me and so I'm, i'm hearing about it 
and we're always exploring the idea of footsies and how much a game you know is is dependent on footsies and, and versus not and this game the more i hear about it and the more i see first of all it looks beautiful um in, in its in its own art style it looks it's great mm-hmm. um it's got a little bit of gore there so you know you touch into the mortal Kombat crowd and, and fan base but not too much it's got footsies so it's it's calculated and thoughtful like you can't just go in and do stuff is what it sounds like if it's a game that's heavily footsies based it, it naturally in the neutral you're going to be a little more thoughtful and have intent behind what you do so all of these sound like pretty cool things and the more i've seen it uh the more i watch footage of like darley dagger who seems to be bay um i'm like well this looks like a, a pretty good thing and then you pile on little extra cherries on top like snk jumping to it when they had eight frames of input lag and getting that changed before the release it's like yeah they care about this i i can get behind this it feels like it's something kind of sturdy and and something that'll be around for a little while Um, And so the game has come out and I've heard a lot of praise about it, kind of excited. But then um, I have people like, uh, you know, um, what's his name? Donka, Mike from Best of Five was saying it's garbage. It's like, it's not, it's not the kind of game you think it is. Um, It's cool. It's whatever. I hope it does well. And, and, And Mike is pretty plugged into... The, uh, the nuances and, and understanding and breaking down fighting. I trust him. I trust him yes. is what I'm saying. Yeah. He's only one voice. He's only one voice. Um, but he says that the game is like it's actually super slow, uh, which I, I suppose I would expect. But um, it's slow to the point where it's just like you don't really want to watch. And, and it, yeah, and it probably if that's the case, it's going to turn off audiences. It's a game that very much I've heard this a couple of times that it's from a, a, a generation past or a chapter or two ago as far as the fighting game community goes and it's not really built in the same way that a lot of the games that are coming out today to be watched by audiences as spectacles as opposed to be analyzed for their intricate you know the, all the little tiny moving parts that the audience has to be aware of all of those to appreciate the game I think that that's more the case with this one. And so are you going to put it on ESPN? Maybe not as likely. Um, And that's not necessarily a bad thing to me, but it means that, well, in this current landscape, you kind of need to be that if you want to have a fighting chance most of the time. Um, And then uh, Ultra David said, I completely agree with with Donka in his assessment of it. Now, I've heard other things, too. I've heard that the game is extremely fun and and all of the other positives that I pointed out. Uh, it looks very satisfying as far as like when you when you like hit someone, you make contact and and you have to really earn that because the, the, the exchanges don't seem to happen. It's a lot of, of planning and, and real minute movements and don't overextend. Uh, so so I don't know. And I haven't <laughs> I haven't played it myself yet. So all of this comes off of, well, I haven't actually spent, you know, even around playing the game. I have downloaded the DLC for it, which is free right now. We highly recommend if you're on the fence, at least get that stuff downloaded on your PS4 or Xbox, because why not? But I don't know if I want to fork over 60 bucks for a game that's going to be around and then maybe not in two weeks or at least not after Evo since it's slated to be there. But you have a history of playing Samurai yeah. Showdown, so I wanted to ask, where do you sit on all this right now with what you've seen and heard? I mean, this matches up really closely like with how the series has always played. And so it's a, to me, it's an homage of, of you know, fans of the, the franchise. Like, here's more of what you wanted with some you know, fresh coats of paint, all that kind of stuff. Um, to me, this honestly goes back to the classic and the fighting game community and everywhere with people. And that's, we want more footsies. We want more fundamental play. Well, here's a freaking footsie fundamental, like defensive powerhouse of a game. And they're like, well, we don't, we don't really like that. That's <laughs> it's like, um, okay. So this quote was not actually said, but it's like been said so much. It's like taken on a life of its own as should a lot of people go back to it. And anyway, they attribute it to Henry Ford, the inventor of the automobile, right? 
And he mm. said that the classic here is it goes, if I had asked people what they wanted, they would have said faster horses. Right? Like, okay, mm. like I why would I want an automobile? I want a faster horse, you idiot. You know, like that's what I know, that's what I want. And uh, we know this from working on event hubs where we have created features on the website and done a lot of things for the community that people have asked for and said and gotten so much praise for it, like ridiculous amounts of praise for it. But what are people really clicking on and what are they really checking out? It's not that stuff. Like, and so you have to be very careful uh, as a developer, as anything like that, what people are actually clicking on. Like it's, it's like the people who said that they wanted, um, example more close to home here would be the uh, Dead or Alive franchise. And the developers said, like, we got a bunch of feedback online of people that wanted more male, suggestive, sexy costumes and whatnot. Uh, and they said they got that feedback a ton up and down. And they did that, and people didn't buy them. They bought the female costumes, as they always have. And, and people s- like to put comments on social media that make them seem like they're all whatever, like, you know, going to bat for the other guys. Uh, I, I think we should have more diversity in this game. It sounds good to post that on social media, but is, is it what you're actually going to play? No. Yeah, and, you know, there's definitely some people who are doing that, right? But the by and large, it's like you need to be very careful about the feedback you you see online. It's like we were talking about in Balance and Street Fighter Five and all that kind of stuff. It's what people say and sometimes what they actually want or will do is sometimes very, very different. And it's actually pretty true for the masses. Like you should have a pretty good idea of what you know your mass audience is looking at. And and I don't know where Samurai Shadow is going to end up. I'm definitely interested. I'm still planning on buying the game day one as soon as it is out on PC. I will not buy practically anything for the PS4 anymore. I just... Mm. I, a lot of reasons there I don't want to go into yet again. Um, you know, the game has got like an eight, uh, 80 out of 100 score, you know, uh, on most of the review sites I've seen. Uh, you mentioned the graphics are great. That's what I've heard. Uh, the lack of single player content has been cited many times where people feel like it's a throwback game to, you know, to the early 2000s, like fighting game where it's like, oh, I've got an arcade mode and like kind of like a few other things. But it's not like NRS level or Soul Calibur 6 level of like hardcore great content that you can play through. It's just kind of there. Right. And that's mm-hmm. what the game is made getting knocked uh, for I'm hearing the gameplay is mostly a hit from some people um, but there's no flashy combos you know we talked about that in our review um, you know one hit can lop off like 25 50 percent of your life or whatever and stuff it's like that's what it's, it's supposed to be though is exactly yeah, yeah. It's, that's what Samurai Shodan has always been very defensive like I I am going to go have fun and play it for sure and I'm gonna go play it online you know for a little bit and really enjoy my time playing the game for a bit um, because man, I really enjoyed Samurai Showdown. It's so much fun to to get those giant sword swipes and just you know I like to jump. Like when I play fighting games, you know this. You like to anti air me, <laughs> but I like to jump and I like to hit people with a freaking sword. It's awesome. It's great. It's so satisfying to do that and get that one hit and like you know just like KO your opponent practically from it. Right. Yeah. Um, at the same time. Uh, if I'm planning on playing the game really hardcore and competitive, I'm probably not going to enjoy it that much because I do enjoy playing offense more than defense. And that is, guess what, what a lot of people are like. I just bought a joystick for $200 and you're telling me not to hit any of the buttons on here after I paid 200 bucks. <laughs> Screw you. Go to hell. You know, this is not going to happen. And that's Samurai Showdown. And I know people appreciate it and should, um, but that's an inherent flaw with this game. And that's what you get when you update an older title and keep it mostly intact. You're talking about how a lot of times fans don't actually know what they want and use Henry Ford, which is a great example. But I think that we have one even closer to home. I think Harada said that like two years ago, mm-hmm. uh, something along those lines of if we gave people what they wanted, it wouldn't be what they wanted. And that's that's not exactly what he said, yes. but that's the, the sentiment. Like they don't know what they want. They just think they do. 
And, and, and so that's another big reason as to why I, I'm not envious of the developer situation. It's like you have to wade through everything, like all of the emotional reactions and what we talked about earlier with people like, oh, I want this. It's like, but you're, why are you saying that? Are you saying that because it would actually be something that's good for the game? Have you thought about it that way? Or is there a complete other motivation? Or are you just not thinking through? Or all of these things. And it's like, what's real? What's not? What lead should I follow? What should I stay away from? And it's like all that on top of the already extremely difficult task of balancing a fighting game. No bueno. Not looking forward to that. Uh, but I and there's something that I... <laughs> there's something that... We don't have on the docket here, but I, I remembered and I wanted to bring up since we're talking about SNK, and that's, uh, I mean, they're, they're just coming out with this uh, brand new Samurai Showdown, came out yesterday, but we have another game on the horizon. Have you heard of this one? It's a new King of Fighters. Oh, yeah, right. King of Fighters for girls. Oh, God. Oh, <laughs> I thought you were talking about 15. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, I, no. I, yeah, I, 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 wait, is 15 a thing? That's cool, too. That's yeah, no, actually... no. I mean, they, they've talked about it like it, like hidden in kind of developer notes that they were hiring for 15 and all that. It will be coming, I think, in another year or two or somewhere, you know, further down the line. But yeah. Uh, no, I'm, I'm, you've blown my mind. So please continue. Yes, yes. So King of Fighters for Girls is not quite a fighting game. It is, uh, what do they call them? Otome games? It's, it's like a, well, we don't have a lot of information yet, but it's pretty obvious that this is what it's going to be. It's um, basically you play as a female character who is now uh, like lost her job down on her luck. And she is now a manager for some of the fighters in the King of Fighters tournament. And so far what we've seen, it's like the super sexy anime versions of like the lead character, the lead male characters in King of Fighters got a pretty sexy Iori just laying with his <laughs> leather, leather coat on in a bed with it half zipped down. You can see his pecs kind of bulging out as he's sleeping uh, with his sunglasses next to him on his pillow, which is stupid because you could roll over and break them. But, you know, uh, and it's, it's, it's a, I, I, like a dating kind of uh, you know like build your relationship type of game and it's called literally King of Fighters for Girls you can imagine how that goes over right now in our culture in the West <laughs> not great um, and and as far as we understand it right now it's just a mobile mobile game and it's I think it's only slated for release in Japan and uh, you know I have to be honest when I, I first saw this and I posted a story about it I expected it to be just a hellhole in the comments of people talking about how bad of an idea this is and how you know it's 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 sexist and all of these things everyone for the most part is like here's here's the first comment okay ready yeah. it's a fighting game I'm fighting my most primal desires for all these cute boys right now <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah uh, second comment was me that just said agreed same third comment see sexy picture of Iori OMG take my money why specify for girls when everyone can enjoy this food I wonder if heavy D will be in the game Anyways, the majority of all of these were this is just like I'm super I, I want to date Iori too and it's probably mostly just you know guys like us just saying these and, and it's it's it wasn't re, it wasn't regarded as um, this big like outrage thing. I think people kind of more or less understand that Japanese culture is different from a lot of the culture that we have over here and that what doesn't really make a whole lot of sense for us does make sense for them and and it kind of is what it is and just kind of let sleeping dogs lie for the most part. But it's a thing. King of Fighters for girls going to come out in at least Japan on phones. If you're angry about it, go tell Kotaku. 
I, I remember watching a Cinemassacre video. Uh, that's like the angry video game nerd. And uh, him and uh, his main uh, uh, person that's usually on the show, Mike Matei, they were playing like My Horse Prince, like the romance adventure game. It was freaking so hilarious like it was so much fun um and i know that um uh, like romance novels and you know kind of novel type games are, are a bigger thing i mean it's what phoenix Wright is actually what am i talking about um mm-hmm. but it's a bigger thing over in japan right um and so i mean to me it's just like yeah go have fun with it like this is it's cool to see actually if you ask me um i'm like if you can get those characters in a more iconic setting and have people kind of latch onto it and enjoy it. That's great. Like, I mean, I would honestly be kind of curious if like they had a Chun-Li dating sim to like, I probably would try it out. Right. I I would (laughs) want to see what it was like. And I would be embarrassed the entire time I was playing it, but I probably would want to play it just to see if, if it was well done. If it was really well done, I'd be like, okay, uh, like you've got my interest, right? So, I mean, I, I personally, like, you know, if this is working for your company and, and people, there's a demand for it, I'm all in. Like, I, 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 you know, take my hat off to you and I hope it works out great. Um, this one I'll probably pass on, but, you know, <laughs> like I said, Boo. they have a Chun-Li one. Are definitely a, uh, if they had a Rose one, I'd have to buy like five copies. So, we'll just say that. These, yeah. I, I, I heavily recommend you guys check out the article. You don't have to read any of it, but just go down to the comment section and read these because they're great. You could just skip around to the green ones that people appreciated. Finally, my dreams of calling Iori daddy will come. Ch- I mean, cool game. <laughs> oh, crud, I'm gay now, lol. <laughs> oh, good times, good times. Yeah. Uh, so let's go ahead and get into uh, Capcom addressing the controller issue uh, that you know had happened, like Daigo's hitbox, the, the Gaffro hitbox, as it's called. Um, and essentially... Uh, what they have ruled on this to, to really make this a simplistic you know explanation, which you know thankfully they they made it much more clear this time. Uh, but basically, if you hit two directions at the same time on a controller, it needs to give you uh, not give you an advantage. That's the easiest way I can say of stating it. So there was a clause in there. I don't have the text in front of me, but um, it, we brought it up on the show yesterday, and it says that you can't have. It's something along the lines of you can't have multiple directional inputs that are uh, mapped to the same thing. Mm-hmm. So uh, here, actually, okay, thanks. Uh, secretly, John just linked it up to me, and I'm pulling up the uh, information right here. Okay, so let me find it here. Um, you cannot assign the same directional command to two different buttons. Okay, um, but technically, isn't that what a DualShocker 4 does when it has the D-pad and the analog stick? Yes, so if I, like I used this example yesterday, if I run across Smug in tournament and end up losing and then afterwards go, hey, I think that on his stick, he has two different directional inputs uh, uh, and he can do it via two different inputs or two different you know, buttons on the stick. Would I technically buy these rules? Uh, you know, if I bring a copy of them to it, laminate it, and show it to the TO, technically everyone that's used a controller to win would be, I mean, or a pad. I don't know. I think that they well, need to get uh, a little more specific with this. I'll jump in and say at the very start of the, the article, they do mention that, um, you know, the, the wireless controller, the DualShock 4, as you're mentioning, is one of the um, controllers you you can use as a substitute. Like, it will either either be provided for you, um, or these are, like, the acceptable, you know, controllers. So they say, like, right off the bat that that controller is okay. And I realize that there's a few players who have, like, five hands and whatnot and can pull this stuff off, but for most people, it's pretty hard to do. And I think you're making a trade-off at that point. Um and I'll get into like what I want to see fixed here, but I did want to interject that point. 
Yeah, yeah. And and I, of course, wouldn't do that in tournament. Uh, the reason I bring that up in the first place is because basically to point out how hard this process has to be, you mm-hmm. know, like like writing all these details and making sure all the I's are dotted and all of that stuff uh, when it comes to these and like trying to trying to, you know, put down some rules that let us play the games we want to play, but then corralling us in, in such a way that no one can go outside of these certain boundaries with all of these crazy, you know, the imagination of, of some of these people that are making sticks and creating stuff like that it's just like how how do you balance these two things again all the only thing that's harder is to balance a fighting game you know it's <laughs> then balance the fgc balance the fighting games uh but uh so I, I do not envy that they have to do this either and um and i think that we should have a sense of uh you know just understanding that this is new for capcom in a lot of ways this pro tour growing to the size that it is we've seen it with the way they've organized their events how points are distributed the like like the thing that keeps coming up for me is like how latin america was kind of getting the short end of the stick and in, in some of the ways that the previous years pro tours were organized and they have to figure out how to fix that and there's a lot of stuff that you just figure out is a problem in the first place as it emerges while you're doing it and so as long as they're making progress as long as they're they're paying attention to this and not doing the same mistake twice over and over and over again then i think it's okay so have a little bit of patience as we figure this out as capcom figures it out and ultimately i think we're all really happy with the pro tour yeah i mean they that's actually the, the point i was going to bring up is that they took their time with this they could have you know did a ruling right off the bat like the moment it happened and said hey you know no dice and messed it up they didn't they took a little bit of time and realized like hey this is an issue we can kind of you know address in a little bit and get it right and i think they did and and so that that's where I actually you know we'll um you know applaud them for it and just say hey thanks for taking your time getting the right ruling in there um in the future i do hope this is addressed on the software level where the game just kind of identifies that hey you've done two inputs at the same time that's not okay you know and we're going to give you like a neutral input or or, you know going to give you the last input you put in there or something like that just to kind of address it so like it's not the onus is not on the controller makers to figure it out it's just it's done on the um the game level itself right yeah. Uh, that's where it should be. Um, again, I get why, you know, we've talked about it before that that might introduce some other problems and that might be why Capcom has not addressed it that way. Um, again, with these type of games where you adjust something like that, like you could have all sorts of other problems kind of like show their ugly heads from doing that. It's not necessarily a trivial fix. It could be. I'm just saying that sometimes this stuff has like repercussions you never anticipated for changing it. Um, <laughs> I'd like to see if if they programmed in. I'm picturing Daigo's Guile right now, but they programmed in if you do two inputs at once, like you know that you couldn't even do on a stick or a, a traditional controller, but you can do on a gaffro or a hitbox. If you do them at the same time, instead of him getting like a block in both directions or able to immediately charge without going through neutral, he just does like a taunt animation where he looks at you and goes really, and then he gets hit. That'd be funny. <laughs> like programmed in that way, have some fun with it. Although there's probably more problems that come with doing something like that. But hey, yeah. this is our podcast, and I can make up fantasies about right. cool stuff stuff if i want you know what now if we see it in game we'll be like hey that was our idea boom you heard it here first. Yeah. yes <laughs> um, but but like you i just again will comment on this because we do give capcom a lot of crap on a number of things they do but look at the cpt and that continues to be the torchbearer for how every other pro tour in our community is ran everyone looks at what capcom does um you know the wind blows hardest at the top of the mountain um they set the standards for almost every game in the community and it's like yep okay that makes sense thank you for doing it right uh thank you for appreciating you know the status that you have and continuing to do this stuff very well um again the pro tour is freaking awesome i I love going to events that are pro tour um i love covering them like it's just it's so much fun to do and i i yeah i I have to gush a little bit for them because they very much deserve it and there it is yeah you have credit where it's due all day 
Yes. So uh, the last thing we've got here is we wanted to get into the Event Hub's fashion police. And uh, speaking earlier, how we talk about like the articles that people complain about versus what they click on, fashion police articles tend to be w- one of our most popular articles on the website. And it's like it, we laugh about it and just like chuckle about it all the time. But um, I will kick us off here by saying Manat has a brand new costume. Uh, a lot of people think she's one of the most you know beautiful characters uh, that's been added to the Street Fighter series. She's, Not anymore. Yeah, she is. <laughs> Ugly, ugly, <laughs> ugly in this new outfit. And I'm hoping the alternative colors might look okay, but damn, is the base here just hideous. And, uh, and yeah, I, and I call it, she's got a five head. Oh, it's just, yeah, uh, it's, it's, uh, I don't know how you want to even begin to approach this because I know that you have this, you know, this love and this, this relationship with the idea of Monot and stuff. And so this must be especially hard for you. So I want to kind of walk on eggshells here. I don't want to, <laughs> you know, do too much. But but hot damn, uh, <laughs> I don't see that costume. I don't see people going out of their way to select that costume or buy that costume unless it gets to the level of troll. Yeah. And and so I'm not familiar with the source content because this is all coming off of um, you know other games, right? This is a crossover from another Capcom game, right? Yeah, I, I can't remember the name of it offhand, but yeah, it's that's the case. Yeah, oh man, she's just. Uh, Ugh. You know, it's Buzz, your girlfriend. Woof. <laughs> it's like when we put the photos up uh, um, on uh, on Twitter of ourselves with the Snapchat filter, and someone put that GIF up there, and we all like liked it, retweeted <laughs> it. We're like, yeah, we're really ugly. Um, yeah, it's well, it's so, a bad look. Yeah, yeah. Where, okay, so if you're Capcom and you go, all right, let's do another costume for Manat. At what point do you not? Uh, how do you not go? People aren't gonna do. Aren't gonna like this? I feel like I don't know. Has there been anybody that's like, yeah, this is gonna be a good costume? I, not that I've seen, you know, and, and I mean, it, you could argue that Monat has so many good looking costumes. It's about time they finally give her a hideous one. I don't know. That's the only reasoning I can. Yeah. Well, gather. how about giving a costume to a character that hasn't gotten one in a long ass time? Okay. Like, okay. Uh, Nicali. I have a huge issue with you and Steven complaining about like your lack of costumes. And that's like, look, if you want costumes, you play a female character. That's the way it is. You get to play dress up with the female characters. If you play a male, that's sexist. It is, but this is this is reality. You might say it's sexist, but is it not reality? John? That's female character privilege right there, and I feel offended. You know what? <laughs> female characters have nine fifty health or lower, and that's what we have to not deal Laura. with. Not well, Laura, and Laura got her eight billionth costume this time too. Another swimsuit. Yeah, and it's gorgeous. It's really gorgeous. But that's what we have to deal with. All right. Like I, I've had a hit. I almost <laughs> always play female characters in fighting games, uh, and the reasons will go unnamed. But whatever. Anyway, I almost always do that, and I. I have to deal with like reduced stamina and the sexism that goes with that like almost every single time and so my benefit is getting costumes over you guys and you guys can suck it and hold that and well uh, then then maybe we should just reduce cammy's uh you know vitals a little bit more and that would make her balanced huh i don't know i'm getting mixed signals here <laughs> yeah I, I was gonna jump in and just add that the, the costume bundles that they put out here actually with um a bunch of characters um they've got uh like the character costumes specifically like laura has freaking seven costumes for like 13 bucks and whatever um and you know to call who we're just talking about he has four costumes for seven bucks like that's really actually nice to see i wish it came a little earlier in the game's lifespan like where you kind of offered this ability to do it but like if you've missed out on a bunch of costumes i really do like having these bundles here and and and, you know despite some of them looking terrible it's like oh hey this is this is cool so yeah I, i think it is a good look i 
I like this and I appreciate it. The this, the consistent flow of DLC um, on this level. I'm going to call it minor DLC just because mm-hmm. major would be like a new character and, and a, like a new mechanic, something like that. But this stuff has been very consistent since Capcom started it. And when they first announced it, it was it was a really cool thing. Like it, it grabbed our attention. And I feel like it's somewhat unfortunate that it has fallen back to to not being as hype as it could be because people are more preoccupied with like like when one of these things comes out like suzaku castle at night it's like hey that should be cool but it's against the backdrop of yeah but we're really waiting on this other dlc so now we're just if anything people get like mad it's like another chun li costume you know we want this other stuff so that's a little bit unfortunate but i do think that all of this is really good this is how you do video games in the modern time is you have stuff like this consistently available new and yes a lot of these costumes are really cool either just because of the design of the costume itself and the execution there or because of the the references to other Capcom characters, especially those Monster Hunter ones. I mean, oh, not yeah. even everybody, especially yeah. in the West, I think Monster Hunter is fairly a new thing for a lot of people here. And and me not having played it at all, I'm still like, you know, the, the Ken one where he has like the sword uh, is really cool. I like that. Um, uh, yeah, so so a lot of these have been really neat. And even the Nikali, even though Nikali only has a total of, I think, four different costumes that he can wear at all at this point even though he's like one of the base characters and has been out for the entire time the game's been available um all of those are actually really cool even i've even warmed up to the weird mad max crazy biker nicali that's even cool too so um yes i do think this is a good look i want to see it continue and also if Capcom can get their stuff together and and make it so that people aren't preoccupied with negativity about the major DLC. This will shine even brighter, and and they're doing a great job here. So, again, credit where it's due. Thumbs up. They're picking up some momentum again, but I do actually take some issue here with you saying that reuse stage at night is okay. It's (laughs) kind of sucky. Like, I went in there last night to grab it. I'm like, oh, cool. Like, it's reuse stage at night. That's literally all it is. I'm used to Field of Fate. I'm used to the the Christmas and Halloween stages and, like, really cool alternative stages now that they have put together. And I go in there and and load up this one. I'm like, it's literally a color palette change, I think. And that's it. Mm -hmm. And I'm what? So we went from Street Fighter 2 to Champion Edition stage. I paid 40K fight money for this. Look, I'm going to buy everything you put out because... That's what I do. But damn it, I'm a little disappointed in this Capcom. And, and yeah, I'm like, okay, so I can live with yeah. it, but I'm, I'm a bit disappointed. So Sure, for 40 k and the way fight money inflation has been going, that, that that's a lot of money all of a sudden, right? Because that's fight money has become more and more scarce in recent times. So I hear you. Now, they have done this kind of thing before. They've done it with the Kanzuki Estate. They've done it with a Shadaloo Base. Um, and the waterfall stage is where they just turn it to night from day or vice versa. And and it is a lower price tag than a normal stage. Normally, uh, if a stage is, is uh, like a whole, a whole reimagination of that stage, but it's like completely different, um, just with the foundational structure being the same, it'll be a 70K stage. Or if it's brand new, it'll be 70K. But when it's just, I, I think that's the rule. Maybe it's all of them that are alternate are 40. In any case, um, I, I do, I, I appreciate it. I think it's fine. I think it's cool that you can use in-game money. I think that the in-game money should be, the, the economy should be, a little better and a little more efficient, a little more fun, but that's its own thing. Um, I'm okay with it. You're you're right. And again, I think that this is the kind of thing that falls, uh, you know, 
it, it, it doesn't look as good when there are other problems in the same area that makes a little change like this. It's like, why are you spending time on this when you're not spending time on the, the big things? Why are you turn in the nighttime sky and that's it on, on a stage when you could be, you know, producing more characters or letting us know what's going on. But all that aside, I, I'm happy with this flow of content. And the other thing, though, that none of these new stages have stage transitions. And as like pointless as those are, they're they make some stages fun to play on yeah, that yeah. wouldn't be otherwise fun to play on. Just watching a character, you know, go through like getting shot out of a cannon or whatever. There's a mm-hmm. little bit of a mental part of that. Mm-hmm. Keeping the hat on and trying to perfect after you come back, you know, like the the, the, the it, those are really fun, especially when they open up to a whole new stage. Like that's really cool in my opinion. And in Street Fighter, unlike Tekken and, and I think older Mortal Kombat's, like it doesn't actually affect the gameplay. You know, it's just at the end of the round. Uh, one other thing on this note while we're talking about it, I think Abigail, who doesn't have stage transitions because he's so big, needs his own stage transitions where more, normally, like, I think he just breaks whatever it is he's falling into or he falls on the, you know, the jetpack chair and it just tries to go, but it can't and it shoots off to the side and hits one <laughs> of the dudes, something like that. But I think they could have a lot of fun. Now, that's that's more animation and stuff like I, that. That No, we probably won't get that yeah, because yeah, yeah. because we have bigger fish to fry. But that would be cool maybe in the next game, guys. I, I hope it would be bad CGI, like old movies and whatnot, where, you know, the, the bad guy falls out of the building and, like, his proportions are all, like, you know, janked out and stuff like that. That's what I would <laughs> hope they would against do. a green screen yeah, and stuff. Yeah, there you go. That'd be great. <laughs> um, so one last thing here I want to throw out, and that is that uh, John and I here this morning – got a, a text from Stephen Dream King and he and this is like we, we watched The Office here you know um, uh, not on you know work time but you know we, we've all kind of picked up on it and we've all you know developed a lot of Michael Scott isms and whatnot. I watch it on work time yeah and um, uh, <laughs> so Stephen pings us at six o'clock in the morning and says hey guys I have a joke waiting for you on Skype make sure you jump on and see it and that's like exactly what Michael Scott did to uh, like some of his employees he's like he's like hey pick up your phone pick up your phone and like he does like a Mike, Mike Tyson impression or something <laughs> It's just, it's ridiculous. It's terrible. Um, I told John to suck it and Stephen to suck it here. Like, there's a, a skit on the office where, um, Oh, one of the guys like makes like a suck it machine and like he um he uh, it's like a vacuum cleaner right and, and he used to take out your suck it and you suck it yeah and, uh, it's, just, it's so ridiculous and bad and so we are constantly pinging each other with just like ridiculous memes we see on the internet and just like sharing it back and forth so if you guys ever want to like shoot us like an office joke or anything like that or like a flight of the concords is going around our office right now like we're probably going to see it and just bust up laughing and if you ever see that in our banners or anywhere on the website you know where it came from. It's we we have fun. We have fun while we work. Yes. <laughs> Usually we have fun unless we get pings at six o'clock in the morning about a random joke that someone thinks is hilarious, and then you jump on to see what it is and you can't even find the damn thing. So, I uh, yeah. I haven't checked to see what the damn thing is yet, yeah. so I don't know. I did yeah. get the text, but I don't know what the joke is yet. Yeah, I, I literally <laughs> couldn't find it. I'm like, this is what you pinged me about at six o'clock in the morning. This is what you did. Okay, I, I'm gonna get even with you for that one. But yeah, yeah. Anyway, so Good. so uh, the big takeaway from today's episode. Super Street Fighter Five is definitely coming. Dream King's a dick. More stage transitions. Boom. There we go. All right, y'all. That wraps us up for this week of the Event Hubs podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you soon. Why would I want an automobile? I want a faster horseshoe, idiot.